Hello, everybody. Welcome to Real Talk Real Estate. I am your host, Remy Morvan, broker and owner at Capital Homes Realty, and I am joined with Steve Benson. Today, we are interviewing Richard Silver, one of Toronto's luxury moguls uh, and king of Toronto. Let's get into it. All right. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, we are doing fantastic. We really appreciate you doing this. Uh, the people listening to the podcast are going to probably be very jealous. Uh, do you want to let us know where you are? Yeah. Well, uh, years ago, yeah, I'm in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Years ago, I, uh, I, I decided to take December or part of December and part of January and head to Puerto Vallarta where I spend uh, one month and I basically work from paradise uh, and I do, a, do a fair amount of work down here and have lots of friends in the business who, are, who have moved here over the years. But uh, it's just it's nice to be able to communicate uh, using the Internet and, uh, you know, because I do a lot of travel in my business anyways, it doesn't really matter where I am as long as I have my little MacBook with me. Yeah, you're, you're not a stranger to international travel and working from uh, around the globe, uh, as uh, I know personally. But some for the people listening no. that don't know you, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? How uh, What got you into real estate, what you were doing uh, before, and if any of that has helped you with your business? Oh, my God. You want to know about my previous life? Well, everybody has a previous life. Mine was, I, uh, I uh, years ago got into doing some performing. I did. Uh, I was mostly a dancer, but I used to do some song and dance and musicals and television shows. And uh, during a break from uh, shows, I decided, you know, rather than sitting around and doing classes, I was going to go in further my education. So I went and I took the real estate license. I was, I was about to buy a house, my first house. And I did the real estate license. And with the first month of selling real estate, I made the income that I made the previous full year as a dancer. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll be a patron of the arts instead of an artist. So that's, uh, that's what's been happening. So that was about 38 years ago. And I've been selling real estate ever since. I've seen lots of changes, been involved in some of the board work that happens around the country, uh, done a lot of merges where, of course, you and I met the first time. And, uh, and then I've been, uh, you know, I, about 10 years ago, I really noticed a trend in Toronto that is, I mean, we've always been a very cosmopolitan city, but I've noticed more and more and more. Uh, influx of people from mainland China, from India, etc. So, um, and you know, of course, in the U.S., back and forth. So, what I decided to do is create a team and work as a team uh, with a group of people who spoke multiple languages, and also to basically uh, go out, meet people in China, meet people in India, uh, bring their business back to Canada. And also, uh, it helps my listings and my product in Toronto, but also it, it gives us a very wide range of buyers. Yeah. And uh, so that's what that's what I do. I, I I'll be back from Puerto Vallarta, then I'm off to a conference in New York. I go to the Inman Conference in New York, so I'll be there for a few days and speaking about niche marketing, which seems to be my niche these days. <laughs> well, and then from that, I'm going to uh, <laughs> my niche is niche. <laughs> And then uh, I'm going to India. Oh wow! Then that's we def we definitely want to get a year. 
we definitely want to get more into uh, the reason uh, you were at the top of the list is because of the the niche that you have uh, successfully um, surrounded yeah. yourself with. So um, tell us about that. Yeah. Where did you start in real estate? Uh, I imagine you weren't uh, selling luxury international properties yeah. uh, uh, when you first started. No, but- no, no, no. I was, uh, I was, yeah, I started in the area that I lived in. I started marketing that area. Everybody said I was crazy because there were so many agents around and everybody wanted to market Cabbage Town in Toronto. And so I, I spent a lot of time, not necessarily door knocking. I wasn't a very good door knocker, nor was I a very good cold caller. I'm sort of the kind of agent who is more comfortable when people come to me. Mm-hmm. So if I am in a situation where I have uh, people uh, coming to me at an open house, I'm I'm good. I love that kind of uh, uh, of access. I don't. I'm not. I'm not one to pick up the phone and call people who I don't know. Uh, I like to go. You know, I'll go to reception. I'll go to the. You know, friends. Friends say, Richard, you'd go to the opening of an envelope. And, and I think, you know, that's part of the business. We, we just need to get out there and, and make those contacts. Yeah. It's- so that's where I started. I started in Cabbage Town. And then, then when I noticed this change in the market, uh, or not this change in the market, but uh, acceleration in the market with the foreign market, then I just made a, you know, I, I was able to combine something that I love to do, which is travel, and something that will, you know, pay a bonus, which is travel. So I made sure that every time I traveled, I went to meet with other agents. I did a little bit of speaking about technology, a little bit of speaking about niche marketing, a little bit of speaking about teams. And so uh, it doesn't take very long um, and, and you're on a bit of a speaking circuit. So, so that's, you know, and, but, but I, you know, you have to get out there. You have to put yourself and make yourself available. And, and also, um, I think one of the things that uh, a lot of us don't do is we don't we don't look at our markets enough. We don't we we try and view our market as a as a way of selling and buying houses, but we don't look at our market in terms of who's buying, who's selling, and how can I use that to my advantage to increase my market share. That's a really good point, Richard. The um, you know going back to the uh, if if you're with the envelope opening. Um, Right. Uh, the opening of an envelope. Yeah. yeah the opening yeah, of an envelope. Um, does that, so I guess what I'm asking is for, for the newer agents and the, the agents that are working on, you know, building their brand would, what are some of the tips that you would use for, you know, making yourself known at these events? Well, first of all, I think before you even get out there, you need a database. You need to decide whether, I mean, there's a million CRMs out there, customer relationship management products. Uh, probably one of the most easy to use for a new agent is Contactually. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's the one that seems to work for a lot of new agents and I hear good things about it. I've, I've used it myself. Um, and then there's, there's other products out there, but you have to have, they have to have a database so you can, every time you meet somebody, you can put them into that database and then you have to get out there and, you know, look at websites, look at websites that you like, create yourself a web presence, presence, create yourself a Facebook presence, instant Instagram, um, Pinterest, whatever, whatever works for you. But it has to be something that you are good at and that you keep doing. And if you're not, there's nothing wrong with you hiring a third party to do it for you because there will be a bonus there to do it. 
Have you hired a third so, party to do know, some of yours? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was for years and years and years, I did my own blogging for years and years and years. I did my own web uh, visibility and everything, but it, it just has become so much more competitive, especially in a city like Toronto. I mean, if you were to do real estate agents in Toronto, you probably have 50 million, even though there's 50,000 of us probably in the Toronto area, there's probably 50 million websites. So getting that kind of visibility these days, I think you need a professional to help you. So about six, seven years ago, I went over to the dark side and I hired the company that um, I liked. I, I saw, I liked what I saw. And I also liked, um, well, I, I looked at the fact that these were, these were the people who were doing websites from my main competitors. So I looked at them and I said, well, if they're getting the visibility and they're pushing, uh, the, you know, the, their websites up on the search engines, then I should just go over to the dark side, hire them, save the extra 10 or 12 hours and pay them to do what I was doing during a week. And, so now I have, there's a company in Bratislava, which is, uh, I know you're going to ask where that is. It's near us, near Vienna. And basically there's 20 people uh, who at any time are working on my website, working on my Facebook, my Twitter, my LinkedIn. And I, I do add things as I normally would have. You know, if I see something and I want to point it out, I'll just, I'll upload it as well. But they are the ones who are basically, they've got a whole, program set out a whole team and and they're the ones who are working out on a regular basis. I feel that's a big problem with agents. So they I've do gone, find it a little too time consuming, yeah. right? You, you're, you've got all your daily tasks. You're, oh. If you're during the busy season, you've got to deal with all your clients, your contracts and everything. And then you got to keep a web presence exactly. on all these platforms. So it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's totally overwhelming, but if you're going to be successful, I think you actually have to, you know, you have to go to and not be afraid of it. And not be afraid of saying, hey, look, I, you know, I need somebody to look after this. It's not something I do well, but I know that it generates money. So I'm going to hire somebody. And, and that could be they could go the way of hiring somebody, uh, you know, an online person or a face to face person to look after things for them. Yeah. And for new agents, if they don't have the money, then unfortunately they've got to put in the hours and the time into, to those platforms. Exactly. You have to, I mean, I remember going my first trip many, many years ago, uh, 15, 20 years ago, when I first uh, got into blogging, I remember going to Mexico probably. And every day I wrote one or two blogs as I was sitting at the pool or whatever we were doing. I just, I, made the time so that I had a, a basis so that I could add three blogs a week to my blogs. Uh, Cause you have to be, you have to be consistent. And when things get really busy, if everything falls to the wayside, that consistency falls as well. Yeah. And as soon as the busy season stops, then your event, you just look at it and you say, Hey, I have no more business because exactly. you weren't doing those things on a daily basis. Exactly. Um, exactly. You have to keep, you have to keep it flowing. I know having you here, Richard, you're obviously, um, well, I do want to definitely get into the niche. You are known as a high end luxury sure. agent. Um, what made, what was the decision to go that route and what, what are some of the things, you know, without tipping off some of your competition, but, um, what are some of the the, th the steps yeah. that you took to get into this niche, a very competitive niche, because everyone wants to be in the luxury market? Uh, so, what were what was your story you, with that? You know, 
Well, one of the big, the biggest things was it wasn't necessarily that I was looking for the high end so much as I was looking for an international company. So I wanted to make sure that I was with a company that had offices all over the all over the world. So I went to Sotheby's, but obviously that's not the that's not the only one that has that kind of visibility if that's what you want. But it wasn't so much. Um, I think I think the the main thing was I just realized that you know a seller is a seller. Um, high end, yes, they are high maintenance. They are you know they expect a lot. They have a lot of expectations. A lot of them are Type A personalities because that's how they've made their money. And so you just have to be you have to be very very patient. You have to do your best, and um, you have to realize that you know you know, high-end properties, you don't list for a couple of months. You have to list them for a longer period of time. Your expenses are going to be higher. Your investment is going to be higher. Uh, but it's 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 almost a fluke that you end up with your first. And then with your first, you end up with your second or your third or your fourth. So it's just a matter of getting that first one behind you and getting it below, you know, well, as another notch in your belt. And then, and then it does develop. To touch on that, because we had actually a question specifically from uh, from another agent regarding this um, that they wanted right. us to ask you, what are some of the systems that you have in place to get more business from your list? So you get this first million dollar listing or this first you know luxury listing or a second one. What kind of things do you do to kind of make yeah. snowball that? Well, here's here's one of the things that we're, we've just moved to. Okay, which is a system called follow up boss. I'm not too sure people are using it now. I've heard good things about it. Uh, So it's it it is a CRM. But basically, because we're so heavy into the Internet and we have leads coming from so many places and inquiries from New York Times, Financial Times, et cetera, like et cetera. I have to make sure that they go through a system that feeds them. Uh, automates a, you know, thank you for emailing us. I'm glad you signed up for a newsletter. I'd like to tell you about the real estate market in Toronto. Here's my video, et cetera, et cetera. And that is, you know, so follow-up bosses is a great one for that kind of um, a follow-up to the people who contact you from outside or from the internet, or you can also add them from your database. You can have your database in there and set up follow-ups because, I think probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned years ago was going to list a property, one of my first listings, and I went to see the people and we chit-chatted and I ended up getting the listing. And at one point I turned to them and I said, you know, I'm, I noticed that as for the registry, you bought this house three years ago. Why didn't you use that agent? And they looked at me and they said, you know, we never heard from them again. And I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes agents make. So definitely the follow-up, definitely the keeping in contact. And then, uh, you know what, it's just a lot of, you know, being, being the person that people can contact for information, being the source of the sources. So my friend, uh, a friend of mine calls it, she says, uh, realtors are the source of the source, but they're not the source. In other words, you you are the person that people contact if they want information about restaurants in Toronto or cleaners in Toronto or or whatever or or divorce lawyers, but you don't give them divorce advice. <laughs> so I think I think 
positioning yourself as positioning yourself as a big thing. Yeah. You like that the source of the source, but not the source. Yeah. Yes. It, it makes great sense to me. Yeah. I mean, that's because you can get, you can get into a lot of trouble giving people advice. Yeah, exactly. Especially, uh, especially on that front as well. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> playing off that and you mentioned, uh, the follow-up, which is important, especially technology has made it so much easier, which is a surprise. Uh, you know, you hear that often yeah. that agents just don't touch base where even things like Facebook and, you know, Facebook messenger that just makes it texting yeah. that makes it so much easier. You don't actually have to call your database, but you also mentioned something, uh, when you get when you get someone to uh, get on your newsletter, you say, go check out my videos. And I love your videos. Um, and I'd like to anybody listening to this yeah. podcast to go watch your videos. Where can they find them? Because I know you have a Toronto one. You have one about your team this, and one about yourself, but yeah. nothing. It's not selling yourself. It's you're telling a story about all these different facets. Yeah, I think, well, all of us have a story. And I think all of us have something that that makes us relate better as a realtor and is part of our real estate who we are and our real estate personality. And I think people just want to know who you are. So um, I've encouraged all of the agents that I work with, just uh, don't talk about yourself as a realtor. Talk about what you like about the area. Talk about your family. Talk about your horseback riding, your dogs, your, you know, for me, it was gardening and how I love my garden in the backyard and, and how I can relate it's real estate because it's my garden is constantly changing. Real estate is changing. Things are growing. Things are, you know, so I, I relate it to my real estate, uh, you know, background in my real estate business. And for that, it's been, uh, you know, a lot of my videos are, they get, they get watched a lot. And the, t- the newest team video, I'm really proud of it. Uh, it basically gives people an idea of, who they're going to be working with. And I think people are very visual now. They want to know. They not they don't want to just they don't want to just hear you. They want to see you and get a sense of you and uh, and and see you at work. So we've done that. We're we're just about working. We've done a couple of explainer videos, uh, which I think are really good, which is uh, and anybody if they want a copy, I'm happy to do it. If you if you go to uh, torontoism.com uh, there, we have a, a video that we call why Toronto. And it basically is, um, it, it is video, but it's screens and the screens basically give you the 10 top reasons that somebody might want to move to Toronto, because as you know, we, we do deal with foreign markets. So, um, they're always asking things about air quality, about education, about transportation, about et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's why the why Toronto video is a good one. But you can do that on why Winnipeg, why Ottawa, why Vancouver, why, you know, Timbuktu, why Delhi. Uh, so, yeah, you can do that on any location. I mean, we, we all have things we love about the areas that we work in. And people really appreciate you telling them what it is you like about the area, whether it's restaurants or, or whatever. So video is, a, video is a very big part of our marketing. Uh, I have a two part question to follow up with that is, um, yeah, your Toronto video, which I've seen and I, you know, it, it's such a great way where you're not, you're not selling yourself at all. You're just, you're showing everyone that, you know, everything there is to know about Toronto. Um, yeah. but do you do these videos in different yeah. languages and how do you market them? Yeah. As a matter of fact, we've just finished, uh, well, 
a, a lot of times when the, the video has text, it's very, very easy, or if it has a voiceover, it's very easy to, um, you know, post it on YouTube and you can view it in different languages, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the, the one about why Toronto, we've just finished, we've just completed it and we'll probably be posting it very soon. Uh, and, and we use it in our Mandarin. It's, uh, it's in, it's in um, uh, Chinese. So it's in Mandarin and it's in, uh, it, it, it basically is the same text and everything. It's just been translated. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a great idea to do it in different languages as well. I think that's, uh, you know, even though we deal and do our business in, in English, uh, there's, you know, there is so many languages that are being spoken in Toronto or in, in Canada right now, English, French, and, and probably Mandarin is probably becoming one of the largest languages spoken now. Hmm. So it's, it's great to have that. It's, it's makes it, it makes it easier for people to understand. They're going to relate better to it. Well, that's and then it helps if you can also speak the language, but which is why you're building. It's when you look at the Toronto ism team. Sorry, um, you've yeah. you've uh, you've been yeah. surrounding yourself with this uh, amazing team of people, internet that you can literally uh, service the world. Yeah, there's only one of us uh, who was born in Toronto. Out of seven, I was born out in Alberta and uh, I speak English and French. And uh, we have Tracy who speaks Mandarin. We have uh, Rizwan who speaks Hindi, Punjabi and Urdu. And uh, our, our two biggest markets right now in Toronto or two or three biggest markets would probably be the Persian market, would probably be the Mandarin speaking market and definitely the uh, East Indian Pakistani market. So those are the those are the three main foreign markets right now or, or immigrant markets. So, so those are, those are the ones we want to focus on and, and know the area. So obviously you are successful. You've been in the business a long time. Um, but if you go back to when you were uh, just getting started and um, what kind of mistakes do you see most of new agents make? And what, what do you think the right, not necessarily there's one right way of, of doing it, but uh, anything you would go back and tell, uh, you know, year one, Richard, uh, to give him some advice now? Yeah, perfect. I, I would just say, do what you do well. Um, there's a lot of people I've seen. Uh, I was never a good door knocker and I was never a good cold caller, but there are people who are brilliant at it. And if it's something that you do well, maybe you need a job as an ISA. I'll hire you right away as an ISA, uh, you know, inside sales agent to call a database or to, or to call, uh, you know, um, call areas or knock on doors. I mean, do what it is. You know, if, you, if you're good at open houses, make sure every single weekend you're at an open house. I think that's really good. I think one of the biggest things too is don't watch what everybody else is doing. Just do your own thing. Find out where your comfort is and don't try and compare yourself, you know, oh, so-and-so went out and they got this wonderful listing and I'm not very good. I didn't get the listing because blah, 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 blah. I mean, just realize that you know, sometimes it's uh, the wave in your hair that, uh, you know, or your your one tooth that goes the wrong way that doesn't get you the listing. It's, you know, it has nothing sometimes to do with your abilities. Sometimes it is, you know, it is something, it's a look or or if it's a family member 
and don't don't compare yourself. Just say, you know, that happened. I'm going to I'm going to move on. I'm going to go on to the next thing and I'm not going to let it get me down and just keep working. I think keep working really for two years and don't look up, keep your head down and keep working. I think you're dead on with that. That's a uh, great advice. I, I know it took me about a year and a half or so to figure that out. Sorry. I know it took me about a year and a half to figure that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does take a long time because you really want to compare yourself about, and some people are quick starters. I was very, very lucky. My first month in real estate, I sold 10 properties and I was, you know, but then I didn't sell another thing for, for another two, three months. Right. And every day I got up and I said, oh boy, that was, you know, I was just a flash in the pan. I was just, you know, forget it. It's never going to happen again, but it did. And so I think, I think the thing also you have to be very aware of as a new agent is be absolutely consistent. Uh, if you decide to do something, do it regularly, set yourself an agenda, stick to the agenda. Uh, there's great people out there who offer coaching, Tom Ferry, uh, you know, uh, Ken Goodfellow, uh, all, there's a lot of places. If you need coaching, go get coaching. It, it can take you to that next level, or it can say, you know what, you're, you, you, you may need a third party to say, you know what, I, I even though the road you're going down is great. You're spending so much money that at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to end up where you want to be. So I think you just have to, sometimes you need the third party to give you counsel. And the great thing is that as opposed to when I started off, I mean, there were the Zig Ziglers and all these people who you've probably never, ever heard of, but uh, you know, there were, there were coaches, but now there's some really, there's some really good people and it doesn't cost a lot if you just, watch their videos or, you know, see, see who's out there. There's some great people. For sure. Yeah. There's a ton of content out there. Um, the, you know, one of the questions that we get asked a lot is, uh, is how you handle your work life balance. And I mean, it sounds like, like you've got it mostly figured out, but, uh, but what are some of the tips for that? Yeah. I think my family would probably challenge you on that. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just, uh, <laughs> I think, I think the reality, I mean, I'm very lucky. I mean, lucky and unlucky. I mean, I have a partner. I don't have, we don't have any kids. We have, uh, you know, nieces and nephews and grand nieces and nephews and uh, my, my nephew and niece and his grand, his and my grand nephew just left here a couple of days ago. They went back to Vancouver. So you just try and involve the family as much as you can. Um, but we don't have the responsibility that somebody does with a, you know, with a wife and kids and, you know, that is, that is prime. But you also have to make sure that you don't have a partner that views your real estate career as your lover, because uh, that that can be really tough. Uh, there are times you're going to have to go out and uh, you know and and do some work or go to the computer and work, and your partner wants you there uh, and spending you know their you know your attention on them and you're doing something else. And you know if that becomes an issue. Uh, I think you have to make a real big family decision as to whether you are going to continue in the business because there's always going to, you know, this is the kind of business that something's going to happen. You're going to have to go out and work. Um, you need a partner who's going to say to you, you know, get off the couch and go sell a house. Don't bother me. As opposed to one who says, what time are you coming home? What time are you coming home? For sure. You know, they have to trust you. It's just like, like any other relationship. I mean, we're all, 
the successful uh, people who I know in real estate are, you know, I'm afraid they're type A personalities. And I think no matter what a, what business you're in, if you're a type A personality, it's hard to be the partner of a type A personality. That person has to be very patient. There needs to be maybe, a maybe yin you want to do a disc profile before you marry them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is definitely should be part of the no. part of the contract before you get married. Oh, t- talk about talk about things uh, technology that I've been using and enjoying is I don't know if uh, you know about Crystal Nose. Have you guys been following Crystal Nose? So it's C R Y S T A L K N O W S dot com. Uh, Crystal Nose is an add-on to Google, and it also is, uh, you can tie it into your LinkedIn, and it basically looks at, you know, right now, Remy, if I was to uh, take a look at the emails that you've sent me back and forth, and why don't I do that right now? Let me just see the emails you sent me. Well, this will get interesting. it will give me some sort of idea. Yeah, let me see. Let's see what the Remy, what it says about Remy. Uh, basically, uh, if I was to respond to you, it would tell me to, uh, it's just looking, be interesting. So I have to be interesting with you. And if I wanted to get a fuller version, uh, so it's, it's going back, it's looking through the emails that you and I have had, uh, and it basically is creating a, a profile of you within the disk format, the, I'm, I'm not too sure if you know about the, I'm, I'm sure everybody's heard about the disk. The yeah. IC, the disk is familiar, but I have not heard format. about this. Yeah. But, but crystal knows basically uses that information and, and says, okay, you have a meeting coming up with Remy. Uh, this is how, you know, this is, you, you may have to be this way or you may have to be that way. So because we deal in sales and we're always dealing with different people and we try as best as possible to be chameleons, uh, the thing is, uh, it, it's very interesting. It, it, it basically sends you an email. It tells you what your meetings are. I'm meeting with uh, Remy and Steve and this is how, you know, how each one will deal with a problem. And you may have to be a bit of a chameleon yourself and how you approach the subject. So. It's a very, very interesting product called crystalnose.com. <laughs> we'll have to check it out. You've definitely, uh, you hit my personality on uh, on the nose because uh, you had to be interesting and you are uh, definitely a very interesting person. So, um, well, only a few more questions there. We know you're on vacation and you're enjoying. Uh, sure. you, when do you come back, yeah. actually? I'm I come back this Sunday. So I'm back this Sunday and I'm back for a week. And then I, I will go to the Inman conference in uh, New York. Uh, as I said, speaking about my niche, which is niche oh, or perfect. speaking about niche, niche. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So everyone listening, hopefully everyone appreciates it as much as us uh, that you're doing this on your last niche week of, uh, of vacation. So, um, uh, no, 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 no problem. It's, uh, you know, it's the, the, I, you know, as I said, I really, I like sharing, um, strangely enough. And this is one thing I'm sure, you know, as well, Remy, cause I know you're out there sharing information a lot too, is there is always a huge difference between telling people about something and them putting it to use. Yeah. Uh, I would be thrilled if people were putting it to use all the time, but I know sometimes you, you will tell them something they may look at it. It, it may not be a fit for them. So, uh, there's no problem in sharing, uh, information at any time. No, exactly. I'm, I'm big about sharing. 
Um, yeah. One of the questions also too helps. Oh. It also helps if you if you want referrals. Exactly. Well, and that's that's a huge part of the of the business. And you, you were mentioning people that don't follow up with their clients too, and and it's hard to get. So that person that right. listed with you likely never referred him either, which is you know uh, the amount of business. There's so many transactional agents that are one and done, and they move on, uh, and they just try to yeah. chase the next sale. Yeah. But um, on that note, what kind of what kind of trends do you see in real estate that really you know yeah, the big. The big- grind your gears or that you, you just dislike? You know, um, I, I'm, I'm one of these people, let's talk about referrals. For instance, I'm one of these people who, uh, if you were to refer me a client, I would do my best. I would sell them a property. I'd send a referral a year later. If they decided to move, I'd send you and, and I did the transaction. I'd send you another referral. I know there's a lot of disagreement about that kind of, doing, you know, people say, well, if the person sent me a referral and that's it, I'm, I'm not going to follow up. I'm, I'm one of those people who has always believed that the more that you grease the, the, I don't know, the, whatever you're greasing, the, the, more, the, the more you grease the cog, the more it's going to work, it's going to work better for you. That's very so true. I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a very important, uh, you know, thing. Just keep following up, keep on, keep on, uh, keep on sending things, and keep on, keep on with all those, uh, you know, keep on with all those referrals. Well, and you know what? On that note, doing doing that in a market where people aren't, I can imagine the agent receiving the second referral, not even knowing, right. being blown away, being holy crap, how can I get oh. Richard more blown referrals? Away. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Also, um, I, I used to come from, I used to work for a broker who was very, um, he absolutely hated to give money away. So if something happened and there was a problem on a survey, he would fight, 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 fight the client. And I never understood that if something happens and I've, and I've made a slip up, I mean, I'm the first one in there. If I have to buy a person, a new dishwasher, if I have to do anything for that client, I, I think do it. Don't get into, Oh, I lost money here because I didn't, you know, take it as a a mistake that you're going to learn from, but never feel awkward about, you know, putting up some, you know, putting your, your best foot forward and do something extra for the client. Um, you know, or I'm sorry that the dishwasher doesn't work. I just made $27,000 on your commission, but you know, I can certainly help you with, uh, I can certainly help you with a, a five, $500 dishwasher, you know? Yeah. So I think those things bear huge fruit. And short, yeah. When you when you think short term and of the money you're spending there, you're you know you're yeah. not realizing the other twenty five thousand dollar referral yeah, you're going to get. Uh, and- exactly. That's that's one of the biggest things I think is people are short sighted as well, and you know they they and they're too transactional. I mean, are, do you want to be in the business just to the end of this transaction, or do you want to be in the business for forty years? If you want to be in the business for 40 years, you have to stop being transactional. You have to stop being the person who sold that house. You have to be the person who sold the house, 
who helped me find a lawyer, who helped me find a plumber, who helped me with my renovations, who talked to me about what the market value was. You have to be that person who's there all the time. If you're there just for the one transaction, you know, they're going to forget you. And so you have to find a way of letting them know whether it's newsletters, uh, you know, follow up boss, whatever of, of touching them on a regular basis so that they don't forget you. Cause if they do, it's your fault. It's not theirs. Yeah. I'm of the mindset of doing the right thing is always the right thing. So, uh, that's what, uh, is good business. Any, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good mindset too. So Richard, we we are going to let you go and let you enjoy the rest of your vacation. We've got one last question. You were saying you're the guy to, to know where to go, what to do in Toronto. So anyone going to Toronto, where's the best place that we can have dinner at? What's your favorite spot? Oh my God. There's such a list. Well, you know, it depends on, it depends. Like I'm a big ethnic eater. I love going to Greek town. I love going to Chinatown. I love going to you know, the Italian neighborhood. It really just depends. And, and there you've got so many options. But in the downtown core, there's, there's a couple of places. You know, if it's high end, my favorite place is, is Scaramouche Pasta Bar. I don't think I've ever in, you know, in 40 years going there, I don't think I've ever had a bad meal. And it's a, it's a great location, has a great view, can be very romantic if you're taking your partner there. Uh, we were just there for our 20th anniversary and the food is excellent. And, uh, you know, how can you do wrong with pasta? Exactly. How's the food in Mexico? Food in Mexico is great. Absolutely great. Uh, Puerto Vallarta, especially, there's a ton of restaurants. I'm meeting some clients tomorrow night. We're going to a, a new Italian restaurant, and uh, we're going to check that one out. But every time I turn around here, there's a new restaurant, and the food is better. And there's also, you know, strangely enough, lots of Canadians down here, French Canadians, English Canadians. Uh, you know, things are, uh, things are hopping down here in Puerto Vallarta. Interesting. Uh, I'm not really ready to make a move as yet, but maybe, you know, later on in the, uh, in the years to come, who knows? Well, perfect. Maybe you'll come and visit me in, in Mexico one day. Ah, uh, yeah. If the invitation is there, I might take you up on that. Sure. Well, sure, Richard, we have an extra room right now. Come on. Oh, I'll per- expect you on, well, the, you're leaving on, on Sunday. This afternoon. <laughs> well, we wish you uh, safe travels back and thank you so much for doing this on your vacation. It means a lot to us and uh, the people Pleasure. listening. Um, Pleasure. So- it's, you know, as I said, as I said, it's not really my vacation. I just look at it as working from paradise. Yes, that's true. You are uh, you are one of the lucky ones. Well, not lucky. It's you've you've worked and you've positioned yourself with that that mindset and choosing a company that will bring you there. And yeah. not not everyone wants to travel, but uh, yeah. you've definitely made uh, made a good yeah. life for yourself. Well, pleasure. Thank you so okay, much. Guys. All right. So everyone listening, uh, we want to thank Richard. And until next time, everyone, take care. See ya.